Welcome, everyone. This is Around the ACL. This is Michelle Thompson here with you. I've got Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione bringing you an awesome show today. Now, we have to start off with the awesome weekend of cornhole. Can I just tell you, I missed myself some live cornhole. I really, really did. So super excited about what happened this weekend. So I'm just going to roll into some of the winners we had, and then we're going to dive into what we all think about that. So we had in the level one doubles, Ryan Windsor and Isidro Herrera. We had Matt Guy killing it in the singles. Miranda Coy, my girl, throwing really great fire bags, BG bags in the level one, uh, or I'm sorry, in the women's singles and then senior singles, Tom Gorski. And then the advanced blind draw was Chris Day and Matthew Morton. And I'm super excited to hear your thoughts because I'm not going to lie. I did not know who Chris Day was. And I feel bad about that, Chris. I'm sorry. But what do you guys think, Trey? What are your thoughts on this incredible opening weekend for Cornhole? Well, two, two thoughts. And uh, I think for me, the big headliner is obviously Matt Guy. He was statistically outrageous. I mean, winning winning uh, level one singles, I thought he was a, a big, big factor in and really his his own comeback story, right? Because I think last season in the pro division, he didn't win a single singles event. I mean, if you think about that, how many people going into the 2020-2021 season would have bought in on the idea that Matt Guy would not win a single singles event in the pro division? I don't, I don't think many would have said that. So for him to start this year in that way, winning that, I thought was a big deal. And then I just love to see, you mentioned Chris Day, Kind of one of those OGs that took a lot of time off. Um, I, I was just really excited to see Matt Morton get back in the winner's circle. So for me, I thought that was a a really big statement for Matt Morton to say, hey, uh, I'm still here, guys. I'm, I'm still here, and I can still play pretty well. <laughs> yeah, and I felt bad because I kind of said in my own head, and I'm glad I didn't say it out loud, and I apologize, Matt guy, because I was thinking, man, you know, the last few times I've seen Matt throw, it hasn't been what I would have thought for him. And then he came this weekend and was like, yeah, about that? Yeah. What do you think about that now? (laughs) So what are your thoughts, Anthony? So I I think, so if we look back to uh, the open number one last year, I think what was really special about open number one is it really foreshadowed what was to happen in the rest of the season. So Bernicet comes out and wins it in both singles and doubles. And what did he do? He went on and won a national championship. Ruben finished second and ultimately ended up in the top 10, finishing sixth in the year. And then we saw our breakout player, Jordan Powers. I think he finished about fourth uh, last year and then emerged as a breakout player. Not really well known nationally, but now he is, you know, he's a, he's a household cornhole name. Um, so if we kind of look at it in that sense now, what would happen and what happened this weekend, we would expect Matt Guy to win a national championship. Again, assuming history repeats itself, Matt Guy winning a national championship. Air Rubin finishes second back to back in that open number one. So again, if history repeats itself, I think we see him in the top 10 again, and I actually have him well inside top 10 in my in my top 10s list. And then who's going to emerge as the breakout player? So if Jordan Power was the breakout player coming out of a, a, a success in open number one last year, we got Noah Almanza and Mark Richards. Actually, two guys I got to admit I don't know a lot about. I'm really excited to see what they bring this season. But when we get into some stats a little bit later, we're going to see some unreal PPRs coming out of that. Mark Richards finishing in uh, top five in singles. So I, I would say we see these two guys break out as our breakout players uh, coming up season. That's Gosh, awesome. I love and, that. Yeah. And I was going to Almanza. say – I was going to ask you, Trey, have you heard of Almanza or what are your thoughts on him? 
So I put this actually trivia question on like the feed as I was watching it, but Noah Almanza has made a ESPN three broadcast court before. Can either one of you tell me what it was? Oh. I love this. I, I oh. love when I have all the answers. <laughs> I love when I have all the answers. So I'm Noah Almanza is away. actually, yeah, is actually the competitive doubles world champion in 2019. He played with his dad the same year that Tanner Halbert went on to win a world championship in singles in the ACL. Noah Almanza was a competitive doubles world champion. Now, since then, he graduated high school. He went off to college. And it was so funny because I was like, oh, when I saw him come out of the qualifier, I said to myself, man, I guess he's throwing pretty well. And now I got his partner, good old Dave Morse in my DMs. He's all in my DMs <laughs> telling me, hey, Noah Almanza, he's really, really good. He's really, really good. And I just keep telling Dave, okay, Dave, all right, Dave, whatever you say, Dave. And then ultimately he comes out here and has a heck of a weekend and I can't wait when we start talking a little bit of hot takes later about about Almanza, but the kid was unbelievable. And I know how much of a PPR guy that you are, Anthony. You know, yes, Matt Guy, unbelievable. Check. Jordan Power, unbelievable. Check. We kind of knew those going in, didn't we? I think the biggest surprise ultimately was how impressive Almanza was really across the board. I don't know. What do you think, Anthony? Nah, it makes sense. It makes sense too. And, uh, you know, we, 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 maybe we talk a little bit about it later, but we got, uh, Ruben and powers all, all showing up as well as a new, as a new doubles team. So yeah, again, if history repeats itself, we got to really pay attention to open number one. Cause I think it's really going to show us what's going to happen the rest of the season. I'm excited. Sort of yeah. sets the tone. You know, yeah. Jordan, Jordan power and Jay Ruben, obviously a power team. When I saw them come out and say they were going to be a team, I thought, man, this is going to be awesome. And I feel like it's going to take a second for them to sort of find their rhythm with each other. There was a time, I think it was Jordan that threw and Jay was actually going to tell him to do something different. And he kind of went a little fast. And so it's going to be interesting to watch them sort of come together over the season. Yeah. And I think, you know, we were just looking at those results on the screen. I think all of those, we saw all those people that were kind of talking about all kind of condensed in here. So if we're, if we're following in your footsteps, Anthony, I mean, I agree. I mean, uh, trying to identify where all these different people fall into place ultimately. Like you had the guy and guy, like even when we go back to my top, you know, top players, Brett guy was up there too. And although we didn't see Brett guy in singles, which I think maybe may also be another talking point that we can have that we didn't see much of Brett guy in singles. I mean, taking a look at, a look at this list again, I mean, Ruben in power, I think ultimately what the conversation might be is not if Ruben and power are going to be, a top team, but like, are they going to be arguably the top team, right? Because their standard of play, Anthony, I don't know about you. I mean, do you think Ruben and Power are in the conversation of Graham and Guy, Guy and Davis, you know, Henderson and his? I mean, are, are they a, are they a top two, three team, you think? Right in there, right in there. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, when we get to, when we get to talking about doubles, top tens, um, yes, they are in my top 10. Um, they could very well be. That's what's so crazy about these top tens is, you know, it could be one bad round or one bad game that really separates you from second to fourth. Uh, but yeah, they're certainly in the conversation. And yeah. my favorite thing about that team is how entertaining Jordan Powers is. <laughs> he's, he's so fun to watch. Yeah. He does not he hold fun. back what he's feeling. I, yeah, I love that. 
Yeah, I love that camera angle that's shooting across the board. And so when when Jordan Power hits a hits hits a big shot, you just see the sh- his shoulders, right? His, sh- <laughs> his shoulders just move like this. It's like I don't even know what it is, but I I just love it. And and arguably, I believe he was second. He was second in the entire tournament in singles, right? In PPR, I mean. And I think the only reason he ultimately didn't finish in that top four was because he ended up in Matt Guy's bracket, right? Because I think him and Matt Guy played each other in the bracket final. And that's when Matt Guy decided to throw, I don't know, about 10 billion bags in a row uh, at one point. Something close to that, yeah. Um, I mean, I was watching it and I thought, did he ever miss an airmail? I mean, it's insane. Yeah, going back to your comment about Jordan Power, I was fortunate enough to call his match in Nashville at the USAC event. And we, we had an amazing crowd. I mean, it was the crowd was bumped. It was the first time we really felt a lot of energy from the crowd. And he was playing that crowd. I mean, he was he was definitely the underdog in that. And um, yeah. I mean, you got Jordan Power out there shushing 500 people in the crowd when they were cheering for the other <laughs> team. He's like, shh, you know, let me calm you with my airmail. He's a good personality on the court for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that we need that. We need that fun out there. And I know, I mean, I know I don't play professional cornhole, but I'm the more serious player too. And I get why people do that. They need to be focused. So I appreciate the players that can still play well and also like kind of play with the audience as well. Yeah. And and I find it interesting that he, and for that exact reason, I find it interesting that him and Jay Rubin kind of ended up together, right? Because Rubin, I don't think is as much like that. Rubin is a little bit more reserved. Although I will say I am taking credit for how well Jay Rubin played because he was not in my top 10 singles list. And that just <laughs> that just made him absolutely <laughs> enraged. Fuel, I mean, fuel you know who's even fire. more mad? Yeah, you know who's even more mad was all of Jay Rubin's fans. They were not happy with me. <laughs> they were they they got some Jay Rubin stands out there, huh? Yeah, big time, no big doubt. time. They were all in my DMs. Why isn't Jay Rubin in the top ten of your? I was like, bruh, chill. <laughs> I love it. Enemy number Watch one. Out, Trey. I like it. Well, I think we should sort of transition. We've got Mike Morton waiting to come on with us and he is going to bring some of the analytics from the event. He was there, which none of us were. So just to kind of bring more of the event to the light and his experience. So I'd love to welcome Mike on and see what he has to bring. Hey crew. Glad to be, glad to be with you guys. And boy, did we have an event in Chicago? Well, West Dundee technically. Um, First of all, the the star of the show, y'all have been talking about it, Matt Guy. If you don't talk about Matt Guy after this event, then you don't know what you were looking at. Um, I will tell you that I had a little bit of insider information because I was there. Uh, He pulled me aside after the first uh, day and said, hey, you know what? On the drive up here, I leaned over to Brett and said, you know what? I think I'm going to start stepping again and I'm going to see how that works out and we'll see where it goes. And lo and behold, Boy, did it work. After uh, avoiding the stepping for a little while, he went back to it and it felt natural again. And he got better as the event progressed. Uh, He threw great in doubles rounders. He threw even better in the doubles bracket. And then if it was even possible, he threw even better than that in singles. Let me throw this, this first stat out here at you. His PPR for singles. Are you ready for this? 156 rounds. This wasn't a 12-round score. 156 rounds. 
Matt Guy averaged an 11.08. How do you I mean, that is, un- that is unworldly. <laughs> you, you, you don't beat that. Like, it's, it's almost scientifically impossible to beat an 11.08 average over that many frames. So well, he, he was it. just, yes, he was just wow. throwing fire. So I'm literally fire incinerators. So that's a big difference. We'll get to that in a second. Cause I know the bad guy that's got 10 million bags in the screen next to me. I know he's got some bag <laughs> topics to talk about, but I'm going to be that guy. Okay. Uh, no pun intended. Everybody um, wants to be that guy. <laughs> he made a decision to stop stepping because of the fatigue factor. Now, I know a lot of people are going to come out here and say, look, he just showed across, what did he play, like probably 12 games, that he can sustain that. But what has Matt Guy done in the past two months? He's been off of his knees. He's been off of those legs. He's been Because he played in one shootout event in September where he had to play one game. Aside from that, Matt, and, and I guess he went out to Spencer McKenzie's in California and played, but I don't yeah. think he was stepping in that event. He might have been. I don't know. But ultimately what I'm getting at is there's a reason that Matt Guy stopped stepping. And He said and, he was sore. The, Next day he was sore. Exactly. Well, and so let me, for let me, me what let I'm me add something. is that. Let me add something to that. What he mentioned to me is that he got rid of the deep knee bend which was helping. Mm. That was part of the problem is when he was stepping previously, he had a deeper knee bend and he, he looks like he's modified it to not have such a deep knee bend to avoid some of that fatigue and, and soreness. Now, that being said, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it seemed to me with as well as he was throwing, he was ready to take the short term gain for the long term pain, if you will. Um, right. He knows for the long term, it's probably better to not step. Right. It'll, it'll be a longer career. What, However, that, he's so good doing it. He's willing <laughs> to accept that because that's what it takes to be on top of this talented field nowadays. But so, that's not typically Anthony, the norm. Anthony, you're, right? you're, the, you're, the, you're the technique guy, right? I mean, at least for me, to go back and forth and back and forth. I mean, even if we're talking about shaving five percentage points off of your total optimum, like – ability and potential to me if having that back and forth cannot ultimately be good for your overall prolonged game am i am i wrong on that yeah so i'll use jamie graham as an as an ex- a good example the first three nationals of the season he did three different base setups step no step and switching non-step so I was talking to him about it. And he's like, yeah, I've, I've done every possible. St- and look what happened to him last year in season. So maybe there's something to that. Maybe there is, you know, you know, that we're talking about fractions of points and, and they add up over time when your base is different. Yeah, there could be something to that for sure. But I wanted to ask he- you a question, Mike. Yes. And you could fact check me on this because we're talking so much about PPR. I think Matt Guy finished number one in PPR last year, right? Yes. Somewhere in the top. I think he was number one. It was and number one. He finished 23rd in singles. How does that happen? Uh, he how, had a very – he, I, I will tell you he had a very poor uh, performance at the World Championships, which affected his standings dramatically. I believe he was somewhere around sixth going into Worlds, which was you know right up there at the top. Uh, but then a poor performance at Worlds will completely tank your standings. Right. So, I, I just wanted to bring up the point that, you know, we, we focus a lot on PPR and it does give us a good a sense of how good someone is and how, how good their whole shot's going to be. But 
does it really yes. say where you're going to end up overall on the rankings? And there's I'm, a good example I'm the person that loves, yes, I'm the person that loves statistics and I, but I will be the first one to tell you, it does not tell you the whole story, not at all. However, I will tell you, if you're throwing 11.08, I don't need to hear much else. <laughs> I, I really don't need to hear much else. That's, Wasn't that's the, the differential truth. like around oh. one, two for Mac guy for the most part? It, it was pretty healthy. My my statistics, I was kind of tracking. I was combining the uh, the singles bracket with the doubles rounders bracket with the doubles bracket play. So I don't have the overall number, but it was a very healthy. Of course, it's going to be. Um, so so I mentioned the 11.08 in singles. The, the three statistics I wanted to hit you all with um, are related to that. So that's a good topic to bring up. Matt, guys, overall, through all three events, PPR was 10.88. So again, wow. he got he got better as the events went on, but he started out in doubles rounders at a 10.39. Okay, that's fantastic. Led the event. Then he moved on to the doubles bracket play and he moved up to a 10.62. Then after the doubles bracket play was over and, and he took care of that business, he moved on to singles where he threw an 11.08. Just got better as the event went on. Overall, he ended up with a 10.88. Now, the other statistics that I wanted to throw out at you was, that you know, Matt Guy, we all know him and we're going to talk about him, I think, all season after this performance. Um, he represents what I would consider to be the old guard. Um, representative of the new guard to me was Jordan Power. Jordan Power was the second highest PPR amongst all three events combined. He came in at a 10.25, which is phenomenally mind blowing. But when you look at the gap between those two numbers, 10.88 and 10.25, you kind of see where the new guard has has some work cut out for them. But Jordan Power came in at 10.25. That's fantastic. And then the third place person in the overall combined PPR is a little bit of a surprise for most people. And I'm going to call it our sleeper category. We've got the old guard, the new guard, and now we got our sleepers. And that is the rookie Noah Almanza. He came in at a 9.92. So those were your top three. But again, to me, what was significant was the gaps between those numbers. First place, 10.88. Second place, 10.25. Third place in PPR, 9.92. Those are all fairly significant when we're used to seeing, you know, hundreds of points difference between the top scores. Yeah. So, so but overall, phenomenal throwing that happened out there. Uh, I couldn't have been more impressed with with really all of those players. You know, one thing I, I, that stuck out to me, and this is not player specific, is you just told us the top three, correct? So you're saying nobody was better than those three, right? When you combine only, the all three events, the doubles rounders, doubles bracket, and singles. So across both events, how many times do we look at a – at least I do this, right? I look at an event and I'm like, man, I'm surprised that guy didn't throw above a 10.0. Right. Because right. I almost take that for granted. And now you're right. saying you make that sample size much bigger and you span it across a, you know, a rounders, a doubles and a singles event. You know, that's probably close to 20, 30 games or whatever. Right. There's only two people in the entire event that threw consistently above a 10.0. That actually is very surprising to me. Yes. And now I will also add, because I was there, I can tell you that the boards were very tacky. The boards were much tackier than they normally are, which which caused a lot of struggles and a lot lower scores maybe than you might be used to seeing, which makes Matt Guy's numbers even more remarkable. But that is beside <laughs> the main point that boards were tacky, maybe holding back some other players. 
that's pretty consistent with what we saw with last year too and we're talking about a small sample size right with just the open number one but through the the four nationals and the worlds we only had two pros finish with above a 10 ppr by the end of the year so that's it's kind of representative oh okay well i didn't i didn't even think about that so that makes it that makes it a lot more i guess consistent um right and and but low you know, 10, another thing to consider too 11. is like yeah it's not 11. <laughs> <laughs> nobody was above 11. I no mean, it's like well the other aspect of two is bags too you say you have a lot of players that i think and again, this is me just kind of throwing out a random thought and opinion that it seemed to me there were a ton of players this year in in comparison to previous years that made a bag manufacturer switch this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- there's going to be some adjustment time. So in in a, in a sense, did it benefit Matt Guy a little bit to actually be one of the few ones that had some relative bag consistency i know he switched to incinerators but i don't i don't know well, according I don't... according to mac guy he said you can give me a bag of rocks and i'll get it in the hole so it shouldn't matter to him <laughs> i want to give him my bag of rocks michelle See if you, you should i mean not on your boards because they're too nice but like maybe some janky ones and i'll write fire on them i'll write fire on the ziplock <laughs> and i'll say uh, uh jason mccann there's your bag you. there you go <laughs> No, I, I do I want to it. throw out I, – I heard you mention earlier, uh, Trey, that Jordan Power had a phenomenal tournament had he not been in the same bracket as Matt Guy, blah, blah, blah. So I, I let me just throw this out there. Jordan Power threw a 10.66 in singles. So, wow. I mean, that is – and right, but happened to be I in the same it. bracket as, as Matt Guy. So that, that just kind of shows you the, the luck of the draw when it comes to brackets. But he was the second highest PPR in Singles, but happened to be in the same bracket as Matt Guy. An unfortunate place no. for Jordan Power to be, but an awesome showing overall from so many of our players, and what a great way to open the season, like I said. So, uh, Mike, we're going to jump into throw, another segment here. I have to throw one oh, more thing ahead. in there, if I could, real quick. Yeah, I have to throw out a mea culpa. Matt Guy, I am sorry I did not put you in my initial top ten. I am so sorry, and I don't know <laughs> if that be. is what fired you up. Too late. Too late, but Mike. accept my apologies <laughs> and understand that you have no. now leaped leaped into the top ten moving forward. It's too <laughs> I'll late. leave it at you that. You can't do this proactively. <laughs> no, don't you know how that works? Like in fantasy football, I can't move a player mid-game. That's not yeah, how it I'm, works. Gonna have, I'm gonna have a top ten every week all season long, and it's gonna be oh, okay. in, in constant state of flux. That's such a great transition, Mike, into what we're going to talk about next, because I want to hear Trey and Anthony's top 10. So thank you so much for joining us and bringing us the stats and the sort of the guide of being there at the event. And it's been such an awesome time having you. All right. Glad glad to be here. Talk to you all later. (laughs) Great. Speaking of what Mike just said, are you guys changing your top 10 weekly, too? No, no, I'm still holding true. Yeah, I gotta hold right. I have to I have to I have to take the Jay Rubin punches that I have you to should. take them. Hey, you <laughs> see you're you're admitting when you're wrong and but you're holding yes. true to where you were. And and I yep. appreciate that, Trey. So let's talk about your top ten. Let's dive into it. All right. So yeah, top ten for me. Um, no surprise at number one. Uh I think I think all of us had Trey Birchfield at the number one spot. I think where things kind of got interesting was really on my number two. I was one that immediately bought into Tanner Halbert kind of making the decision to become an ACL pro this season. Um, So I think it surprised a lot of people that I had three quote rookies 
including Tanner Halbert, in my top six. So Tanner Halbert at two, Alex Rawls at five, Josh Holland at six. I think Eric Davis actually is the most talented player on my entire top 10 list, but I don't think he, I think he gets bored too easily. And when he gets bored, he doesn't put as many bags in the hole. And that's ultimately why he gets, um, you know, he's not uh, number one. Um, But Eric Davis, you know, Rawls and Holland, the reason I have Rawls instead of Holland is simply because the world championships, Alex Rawls beats Josh Holland. Um, and he wins the Advanced Singles World Championship. So because Alex Rawls is the Advanced Singles World Champion, he proved that on the biggest stage that he's ever played on, that he was able to beat every other non-pro out there. Now, the reason that he doesn't get the number two spot where Tanner Halbert is is because Tanner Halbert's won a World Singles Championship before. And Anthony was so big on Steven Bernasette winning singles and doubles last year at the first Open. Tanner Halbert was the only other player all of last season to win singles and doubles at an ACL Open event, and he did it outside in Atlanta, Georgia, at the last event of the season. So, um, so that's why I got Tanner so high. You know, you rounded out Brett Guy. I think he's the he was the better guy last year. Now that things may have changed now <laughs> since mm-hmm. his first Open event of the year, but uh, I got Adam Hister, Cody Henderson. And as I said before, I had Jay Rubin not on my list. So I, I will say Jay Rubin did took great strides to prove me wrong there. And although I'm not going to change my list, he certainly, if I if I made my list now, would he be on it? Probably. But I'll stick with, I got my top 10. I'm, I'll let Jay Rubin have this poster board material that he can <laughs> hang up on the wall and use it against me for the rest of the season. I also noticed there's no ladies on your list, Trey. Come on now. Where's the ladies at? So Cheyenne Renner was 11. So uh, if that... That's I don't not, know if that's that not top anybody. 10. That's <laughs> <laughs> unacceptable. Uh, it, it is. It, she's right there, right? It's it's. Mm-hmm. She finished 18th. That's the other thing, too. It's like, I'm not worried about her upside because obviously her upside is a world championship level. I'm worried about the, the downward swings, right? When she has that off week. For some of these people, someone like a, a, um, a Matt Guy or an Eric Davis, they're, they're bad. Their horrible week is like 17th or, mm-hmm. or 21st or something like that. I'm just worried. I don't want to see Cheyenne Renner had a 55 finish or something like that. I, I need to see her be consistently in that top 30, even on the, on the poor performances, for her ultimately to be, be in that top 10. Did you hear that, Cheyenne? Yeah, she can use it too. I I gave her plenty of bulletin board material. You take that and run with it, girl. All right, Anthony, (laughs) let's hear your top 10. All right, yeah. So we know the field is crazy stacked. So what I did is I went through all 256 pros and being extremely picky, I selected who I thought had a shot at being top 10. And I was actually pretty shocked. There's 24 shooters in my mind that could easily be in the top 10. So that's what we're dealing with here. So kind of where I went to start off with is I went with credit to consistency. So if we look at, there's five baggers uh, that were top 10 in back-to-back years. Ryan Windsor was number two and number two in back-to-back years. Damon Dennis actually improved from six to third in back-to-back years. Trey went from seven to the world champ at number one. And then Jay Rubin moved up from nine to six. So for me, 
four of those baggers, four of the five, those I gave them a number, uh, a top 10 spot because of that. Eddie Grindersleeve held the top 10 spot back to back years. He slipped just outside of the 10 for me just because of all the talent that's coming in this year. Um, the next category for me were show out rookies. I mean, Eric Davis, you mentioned earlier, Trey, in my mind, the most creative highlight worthy uh, bagger. I mean, he's got every single shot at an elite level, cuts, rolls, pushes. He's doing cutting edge stuff like reverse cutters that not a whole lot of baggers do. And he earned a spot for me. And then Brett Guy, another show out rookie, the hitman. Um, if you told me Brett Guy was going to be ranked 18 spots ab above Matt Guy at the end of the season, I would tell you you're crazy. Um, but he had, a, he had a show out year, ranked five in singles, three in doubles. He got a show out rookie spot for me. And then like you did, Trey, uh, just looking at the heavy rookies coming in. For me, Tanner Halbert and Josh Holland earn a spot. Um, you mentioned the, the 2019 uh, Tanner was a world champion in singles. He also actually won mixed doubles, I believe, that year. Um, he's just an OG bagger who's been dominant at the elite level for years. He earned a top 10 spot for me. And then Josh Holland. He might not be as well-known nationally yet, but but watch out. I mean, this guy is going to be well-known within the Cornhole community real quick. I think he'll make an impact right out of the gate. So I'm excited to see what Josh Holland does. My last two spots go to OGs. Cody Henderson and Matt Guy. I mean, it was... <laughs> It was really difficult to put Matt Guy on the list because if you look at how he, he did statistically last year, he shouldn't be a top 10 player, but it's Matt freaking Guy. I mean, he's the most decorated shooter in the history. Um, so those two guys pulling the last two spots is just OGs who have been consistent through years. Mm -hmm. I got to ask take, you one question. Take note, Mike question. Morton. He still yeah. made the list. <laughs> he did still make the list. So what hat is was your decision – to have Josh Holland all the way up there at number three based on what you saw out of him at that San Diego Open last ah, year. Ah, yes, 100%. So if anybody <laughs> okay. who has seen that match against Trey Birchfield, um, it's, it's actually my top two matches I've ever seen in Cornhole ever. Unbelievable really? performance, yes. Uh, I got to go with the Wooten-Graham um, yeah, okay. okay. national win. That, that was unbelievable. That, was, that changed the game. I mean, it after did, that – the roll bag became a, a thing. Like it, it changed the way the game was played. Oh, totally. I thought he was responsible for it, but he gave the like, credit to Duncan Clemmer. And then there was a whole breakout about <laughs> Eric Davis, Duncan Clemmer, who started the role. And I'm, I'm going to stay out of it. Uh, right. Just let that go to them. But it was a thing. Um, all right. So moving on, we have our buy or sell category. So I'm going to read you something. And then you guys tell me if you're going to buy it, you're going to go with it, or you're not going to go with it. You're going to sell it. You're not buying into it. So. First one being Matthew Morton is a top 10 player this season. What do you think, Trey? Buy or sell? Uh, I am going to sell it, um, but I'm not going to sell it by that much. I think he bounces back. I think it's a top 20 season for Matt Morton. I think in a singles category, we see him actually make a broadcast this year. I'm ready to, I'm ready to go in on that, but I think there's a couple finishes where he just really doesn't have it he has some poor finishes and ultimately he uh he, he's not in that top 10 anthony i gotta agree i gotta agree i'm selling um i actually barely have him at top 20 um we got to see how the year develops i mean uh, a good performance you know at this past weekend but i need more i need more to, to move him up fair enough fair enough all right noah almanza is rookie of the year candidate by year's end buy or sell I am going to sell it again, um, but the reason I'm going to sell it is not because of 
anything that he has to do with it. I think that when you throw in a rookie of the year pool that has Alex Rawls, Josh Holland, and Tanner Halbert, it becomes just an excruciatingly difficult room to stay in. And Almanza, although I think he may have some flashes up there, I think it's going to be tough. All right, Anthony. I'm selling as well. I got to be honest. I'm not a whole, I'm not very familiar with his game. I saw the stats. They're very impressive. But like Trey said, with that, with that rookie field coming in now, now you said a uh, rookie nomination, right? Not rookie of the year. Correct. Candidate. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Rookie nomination. But again, the, the list is pretty long. I'm going to sell that one. All right. Fair enough. Matt Guy bounces back in singles this season and finishes top five. What do you oh, think, Trey? This one is so hard because I, if you had asked me before this weekend this question, I would have sold it immediately, right? Mm, good job, and Matt. Changing minds. Yeah, I, I can I like can I buy like no uh, no whatever like you're gonna ask answer, answer no no <laughs> it is a yes or no question yeah so uh, I'll I'll say I'll I'm gonna actually sell it again. But nope. I don't like that. No, I'm there's doing no that. buts. No, moving yeah. on. Anthony, I'll sell it. Do I'll not. Trace, <laughs> I, I haven't been able to disagree yet. I'm going to sell it. I have to. I said I was going to stick to my top 10 list. I got to stay along with that. I've got Matt Guy at number 10. After the performance with the Open this weekend, certainly the probability of moving up in my top 10 list later is it, it's, it's pretty certain. But I'm going to stick with selling for now. Top five is going to be tough. You know, I, I admire the commitment to your list. I'll say that. All right. Jordan <laughs> Power finishes the season top five in singles and doubles. Oh, man. Trey, by yourself. You know what? Um, he, he taught me, he showed me a lot this weekend. I was worried about the bag change. Um, and that's the reason he wasn't in my top 10. Um, or, but or isn't the mother shuckers pretty similar to uh, Viper? I think. Uh, maybe, but I'm not. Ask the guy with 500 bags in his in behind oh, his I will head ask about the that bag question. selection. But <laughs> I, you know, I'm I'm going to buy one for the first time. He was not in my top 10 list, but after what I saw this weekend, if he continues to do that, no doubt in my mind, he is a top five talent this year. So I'll actually buy one for the first time. All right. I'm going to buy on the doubles and sell on the singles. Uh, definitely. No, has that the wasn't ability. the question. What's with you guys? This I'm is making a straightforward up my own question. <laughs> like, I'm selling it? on the no. package. If I got to take the package. I'm selling. Uh, okay. Certainly top five uh, in doubles uh, possibility with Jay Rubin. Um, he's, he's one of my 24 shooters that could break into the top 10. He is definitely on that reduced list, but I don't see him breaking top five. I have a feeling Jordan is going to be fueled by what you just said. <laughs> good. Last I mean, that's one. good to get these guys going. <laughs> uh, Dave Sutton's open number one playoff appearance is not a fluke. Uh, okay. I will buy that. Um, he finished, I believe, fifth. So, no, no, sorry, third. He finished third. So he won his bracket. Um, as long as not a fluke means he's not finished in top five or top ten, I think Dave Sutton is a really flipping good player. Um, I think he's continuously underestimated. And I think like his partner from last season, Dave Morse, he's one of the smartest players in the game. And so ultimately, I think Dave Sutton is going to outwit a lot of people on the boards. He's going to be consistent enough. So I, I think surprisingly, Dave Sutton's going to be in my top 30 players, maybe even top 25, which I think is going to surprise a lot of people. And so for that reason, I don't think it's a fluke. Okay. Anthony, what do you think? Read it again, Misha. I want to, I want to hear how you worded it before. Yeah, I sure. It. So Dave Sutton opens number one playoff appearance that just happened is not yep. a fluke. 
not a fluke. I'm going to buy that. Yep. I'm going to buy okay. that. So if we look to open uh, the open last year, I believe he took, yeah, he took fifth in his bracket. I mean, so he's showing out. He's an OG. I mean, Dave Sutton has been around for a long, long time. Very cerebral, got a good IQ in the game. That's not a fluke. All right. I like it. Great job. I mean, you guys didn't totally nail it with the buy and sell game. You didn't totally get the concept. There's a lot of bar <laughs> like I'm bargaining with me, but we're going to go with it. Um, you guys work on that. Uh, it's pretty cut and dry. So let's talk about some stuff that happened around the league. We had some cool stuff happening. The first one being the, the Delaware Cornell tournament with a $20,000 pot and Trey Birchfield and Tony Smith took first. They made 10 grand. But what was most notable to me was the enormous enormous trophy it might have been bigger than tony did you guys see that trophy <laughs> oh, yeah it was trophy. it was yes it was they they couldn't even hold it and then like the i think Where, they had the big checks too that were like did. also abnormal it gave me uh, happy like, gilmore vibes large. yeah <laughs> so it wasn't your it wasn't your standard wood plaque we're talking a trophy um it was as big as tony smith i want to say <laughs> yeah. yeah that's awesome yeah, but I, I love that. I think uh, Birchfield and, and Smith, you know, again, I still think it's a weird pairing when they play together because they just – Same. I don't know. It's I, I guess Birchfield can throw anything, but, like, Tony Smith, I don't know. I feel like he needs a, 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 a Viking or he needs a pro advantage back to be elite, right? Agreed. Now, he's going to be throwing contraband this year, so – have, Anthony, have you had a chance to throw the or Michelle? Either of you thrown the the what, which one is the carpet side for the contrabands? Yeah, yeah, I believe it's the combat. I have not it's the combat. Yeah. Well, the, someone in our league here is contraband. Uh, he has their sponsorship, and he has. I think he had those bags. I didn't throw them, but he loves them, and I think that's a testament to the bag. I think they'll do well, and he throws elite with them. But I agree. Tony Smith needs. He told me you talk about people getting bored. Tony Smith gets bored. He said, I don't want to play a slide game. <laughs> oh, yeah. He straight up said it. I it's will boring. do things to not play a slide game. <laughs> so, yeah, to me, it's a very odd pairing. Yeah. Do you yeah, know so. what bags they did throw in that tournament? Did they go surefire or? I'm pretty sure they threw a third surefire because okay. that's what I've seen them partner today. before and they went surefire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think they beat see. Uh, Ryan Smith and Devin Harbaugh um, mm -hmm. in the finals. And then Storm Oak was third with Hunter Eveler and John Kitchen and Nick Lieber. Okay. John Kitchen, by the way, he deserves a shout out. He is the most underrated pro that there is, I think. Sure. I mean, sure. the fact that John Kitchen spent like two months looking for a pro partner. Now, he ended up with Scott Schultz. But I think like, I don't know. John Kitchen is, I got a stat for you. John Kitchen holds the all-time record for highest PPR in a doubles ACL Pro National event. Twelve. The record. No one at, at one event. I believe it was the twenty twenty-one this past year bag brawl. He threw like a ten-six-five okay. in doubles, and nobody has ever thrown a higher PPR in a Pro doubles event in the history of the league. And and That's and and John Kitchen can't find a flipping pro partner. Trust it is so like it's like elementary PE vibes. I feel so bad for some of these. Like trying to, <laughs> yeah. it's like pick. I don't know. It's horrible. If you're not like the very very top, then you're totally in that category of like, will you be my partner? Will you like? And I think it yeah. sucks. Yeah, but I had to get that not off my fun. chest. You're welcome, John. You're welcome. 2019 Man of the Year. Sorry, they're not pissing everybody <laughs> off. That's good, Trey. 
Um, next event, Buffalo Boards. There's a, an event in Houston with an $11,000 cash. It's called $11,000 cash bash. Or, and Josh Gross and Eddie Grindersleeve took first place, made $4,000. I mean, these are nice payouts. Yeah, pretty, pretty good payouts there. The one thing in that event, so Gross and Grindersleeve, they're super good, boring, whatever. Yeah, we knew. <laughs> I, what I love about this event, second place, okay, Tyler Parent and rookie ACL pro Tegan Owens. Oh, wow. So Tegan okay. Owens had a fantastic – and it's not like, okay, was it just first place, second place, and then everybody else we didn't know who they were? Uh-uh. Third place was Tyler Cobb and Jimmy Humans. Yeah. So Owens and Parent beat Humans and Cobb. So that I that makes me even more excited to see Tegan Owens, especially in women's doubles this coming season, where she's going to be playing with Deborah Odom. That's a big Agreed. win for them, for sure. That's a big win and, for them. Grindersleeve is money. Go ahead. I was going to say, Deborah Odom was looking, same thing, looking for a partner. Tegan yeah. Owens looking for a partner. I'm glad they found each other, but what the heck? What's going on out there? Right. And they're going to match up this year in women's doubles, and they're going to yes. they're going to ruin some days. They're going to they ruin some days. I promise. They will not be picked last again. <laughs> I, I assure you. Uh, we had North Georgia Cornhole Regional. And we had Glenn Gundel and Drew Brown win doubles. And Andrew Guy won singles. And I got to watch Andrew at the World Championship. Really, really good. No relation? No relation. No, no relation. relation. Let's, let's get that yeah, out of there. Let's get that. Yeah. I'm pretty All sure right. I asked him that, too, <laughs> just to make sure. Um, Cleveland Cornhole Regional, uh, Ron Kugel sweeps singles and doubles. And Papke got fourth place. So that's really okay. cool. Yeah, we like to see her yeah, Ron Kugel. Ron Kugel is one of those sleepers, too. He just, like... And he's got an ugly bag. It's just like you watch him go up there and he's like, this guy is not any good. And then you look at the scoreboard. He's like, oh, wait, he's beating me 13 to eight. It's like, yep. what is this guy doing? You know, I thought that was interesting about Cleveland Cornhole. I was not impressed with how Victor Glass played. Uh, results were kind of uh, iffy for me. Mm -hmm. I have really high expectations for Victor Glass. Maybe not top 10, top 15, top 20, but like. I've been hearing a lot of chirping out there on Victor yeah. Glass, so I'm kind of I don't know. I don't know I've been hearing I've been hearing the same chirping, uh, and I'm really excited to see what he does. And I've I've been able to watch about five of his matches live and or on live feeds. And his technique is, I mean, if you talk about model technique, it is beautiful. So I'll, I was you know seeing how he had struggled, and that was interesting for me. Michelle, if Anthony Ione tells you you have good technique, you have good no, technique. No, yeah. That's like the compliment <laughs> of the year. Yeah. I mean, you just might as well retire. That's it. You're yeah. done. You're <laughs> good to go. And then if Trey Ryder calls your bag ugly, what does that mean? Yeah, uh, hey, if you put it in the hole, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. <laughs> I guess you don't care. All right, finishing up, we had Berkeley Pair sweep singles and doubles at the Skies Regional in Virginia. We had the – is that the the – the regional New in New Hampshire. Okay, got it. And uh, now, Trey, you did not tell me how to say this last name. you got to say it for me. Trzinski. There we go. Sorry, He's Jacob. Got serious game. Watch out for Jacob. He's got serious game. Yeah, he swept dirty, singles dirty and game. doubles. Dirty awesome. game. Awesome. And in the Myrtle Beach Regional, we had the Gore brothers win doubles, um, but not as dominant in singles, second and seventh. So all around some great cornhole happening in other regions besides just the open. But now we move into the higher low segment. So I'm going to give you some players and their rankings. And I want you to tell me if you think they're going to finish higher or lower. So let's start with Eric Davis, who was number 10. What do you think, Trey? Eric Davis, number 10 in pro singles. He's going to finish higher, so better. Um, I, top 10 player. I, like I said, he, he, I think he's the most talented player in the world. 
That doesn't mean he's going to be the, always the best, but I think that's an easy one higher prior for me. Higher. Okay. Anthony? Higher. He's going from 10 for four to me. He's got, he's through the new bag thing, the break-in process. He's kind of settling into what bag he's going to throw. And that's critical for him because he's precision. Where he stops a bag, how it rolls, everything is precision. So he's through all that rookie season out of the way. He moves up. Perfect. Shy, my girl, Cheyenne Renner, number 17. What do you think, Trey? I'm going to go higher as well, better um, for her. Like I said, I think I had her 11th in my in my kind of rankings, my studio rankings or whatever. And so for me, I, I think she's she's easily a top 20 player. And the it's just a matter of can she fight through the mental barriers? Because she is very hard on herself, right? She That is one thing that I have noticed. She's very hard on herself. And so if she can get through that, if she can be a little bit more relaxed with herself, if you will, I think ultimately she uh, – uh, she, she's a she's a top 15 player easily maybe even a top 10 and that's hard by the way as, as a female coming into you just feel like you have to work harder you have to show yourself more because you're trying to beat all these boys and I know it doesn't actually matter male or female but it's still in your head so I can see why she'd be hard on herself and she does need to to, to be a little bit more kinder and, and relaxed about it Anthony what do you think She's moving higher for me, trending higher. 17, I got her in that 11 to 14 range. Um, she's got a lot of momentum coming in from last year, a, a nice finish at Worlds. I just want to keep an eye on the bag switch. I mean, she's going from Vipers to all cornhole. You know, those are going to feel much different. Now, she does have history with those bags, but just getting back into the rhythm and, and how that bag is going to feel and release is something to look out for. All right. How about Eric Anderson, number 13? Where's he finishing, Trey? Higher, lower? Oh. This one is tough. Um, this one is right at it. Um, I'm going to say lower, but it's not a lot. Um, I think he's he's maybe 14, 15. Um, and, and he's one of those players. He's going to be around that 10 spot no matter what. But I think the rookie talent maybe kind of pushes him down a little bit. He's I think he's another one of those players. He's going to have a, a top five finish this year. He may have multiple. Mm -hmm. But I think he's going to have one or two of those nationals where he just comes in and mentally he's not there, and that's ultimately what brings him down. Makes sense. Anthony, what do you think? Misha, I'm going to take the option you didn't give me, and I'm going to say he's going to hold steady at 13. No. In, in my opinion, <laughs> yes. that's progress. <laughs> that you is progress. At following rules. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, that's progress, right? We're adding Holland, Halbert, Rawls. We're adding these guys True. into the mix. And then to me, you have a trending Grindersleeve who's trending up. You've got a healthy MacGuffin coming in. I think holding the spot at 13 is going to be progress. Right. I'll let that one slide. Same. All right, we got some doubles teams. Cody Henderson and Adam Hisner, number four. What do you think, higher or lower, Trey? Gosh, um, that sounds about right too. Four sounds but, right, um, but I can't. I, no, I'll, 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 okay, I won't we'll change it to high, low, or stay. <laughs> no, I'll say I'll say lower, but okay. it's because I think they finish fourth or fifth. So I'll say lower, but it's. I mean, it's again. This isn't someone that's going to fall outside the top ten. No, agreed, Anthony. I've got them going higher. I've got them moving from fourth to third. I think they continue what they did last year. Here, here's something unique, too, with these two guys. If you look at them individually as singles players and where they ranked, only two other teams ranked higher if you look at them, how they perform in, individually as singles. So I think they continue that. Um, you know, that dirty game just messes people up uh, a lot, and, and they're really good at it. I think they trend up one spot. All right. How about Josh Gross and AJ Sims coming in number nine? Higher or lower, Trey? Mm. I think it's lower. 
Um, they're a really good team, though. I mean, really good team. I just there's too much talent this year. I, I don't know. I think they're a 13, 14. If, if I were to put them out there in a ranking, which is still phenomenal, but yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, they're all, you're only the 13th best team in the world. NBD, Anthony. Similar, similar. I've got him going lower. I still have him as top 15. I mean, we got to make room for Ruben Powers, Anderson Smith. We've got Maudlin and Schlobaum coming in. Uh, I think they trend down, but still stay, stay uh, top 15. Got it. Uh, last, Jimmy McGuffin and Greg Geary, number 14. Higher or lower? I, I, I'm going to say lower, but the reason is I'm not convinced Jimmy McGuffin is 100%. When I see Jimmy McGuffin 100% with his back, then I will reevaluate. But until then, I'm not ready to commit. Got it. Anthony, what do you think? I got him going lower as well, but not my much. I mean, it's the same thing. We just got to see how Jimmy performs. You know, just just chatting with him a little bit. I mean, he's he's feeling a lot better. He's feeling healthy. I think that helps him um, kind of more on the technique side. I think what would change the game for them, and it's really changing Gary's game, he throws a really extreme tilt bag, and it really tears up his push game. If he could flatten that thing out a little bit and – improve his push game i think as a partnership they're going to actually trend in the other direction Health all right we got some advice coming from tilt. anthony i like yeah. it <laughs> very cool all right great job so now we're going to move to our very last segment the holy hot take i uh, like that i like that title trey very cute all right trey what's your hot take let's hear it all right jay rubin makes me eat my words he, uh, oh. he, he has a really strong season, and uh, he, he, he shuts out all the haters, a.k.a. apparently me. I like it. Anthony, how about you? We're going to see a 12-year-old on a linear broadcast this year. It'll be mm, epic. I love that. I, I'm, su I'm here for that. <laughs> I mean, those are some good hot takes, but I think mine is the best. I think Facebook is going to retire the fire emoji from cornhole players for overuse. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're going to wrap up our first episode of Around the ACL. Thanks, everyone, for coming and joining us today, and we will see you next time.